Thank you for tuning in to I Am Royalty Radio. You're listening to Unmasked, and I'm your host, Dr. Brian H. Williams. Now I want you to think back to when you were in high school. What were you doing back then? What were your dreams and fears and aspirations? If you're like me, you probably spent, well I spent a lot of my time playing drums in the neighborhood, garage, rock band, dreaming about fame and fortune. And when I wasn't doing that, I was playing Dungeons and Dragons or doing my homework. But did you think about the larger issues that were impacting society and the world that you lived in? Well, in the studio today, I have some folks that fall squarely into that second category. From the Cry Havoc Theater Company based in Dallas, Texas, we have teenage performers, Trinity Gordon, Carl Lawson, and along with them is founder and artistic director, Mara Richards-Bim. Trinity, Cara, Mara, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, thank you for having thank us. You. So your show, Babel, opens up in less than two weeks on July 5th. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing you're probably knee deep in rehearsals at a frenetic pace. <laughs> yeah. So we here at Unmasked, thank you for taking time out today to come spend some time definitely, with us. Definitely. So Trinity, let me start with you. Okay. So for our listener who may have never heard of Cry Havoc Theater, why don't you tell us what that's about? Cry Havoc Theater is about um, empowering the youth to use their art in ways to start a conversation, you know, use activism and art and collaboration with each other and giving young artists the creative freedom and expression to do so with device pieces. So it's not just about artistic expression, but it's also you are ex using your activism and expressing it through the arts. Yeah, we definitely do topics that, that raise conversations and we try not to try not to tell people what to think, but try to let them at least acknowledge the problem and talk about things that make them uncomfortable. Well, so if you're listening, I can attest to that. Full disclosure, I met Trinity and Cara about a year and a half ago when they were preparing their first show, which uh, documented the Dallas police shooting that had happened in uh, July 2016. Mm -hmm. And I saw the show and you managed to cover many different angles mm -hmm. and I left thinking about, thinking about things differently. So when they say they get you thinking, they, are, they do that, but they're also very talented performers as well. So, Cara, yeah. <laughs> tell me, why do you do what you do? Why do you do this? Why do I do this as in theater or as in, well, I, I mean, I think Cry Habit gave me the place to do material I would never have been able to do at school, even mm -hmm. when it wasn't political. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I think it's important that even if you don't go into theater forever, as a lot of people who do Cry Havoc or have done shows with Cry Havoc in the past may not be doing this forever, but it, it teaches you how to think openly and think freely and be your own person. I think that's a really valuable skill. And I think it's also important to empower the youth yeah, to yeah, think, use their own, use, think on their own. Um, do you, do do you perform at school, or is this your first time performing? Or? No, yeah, I go to I go to Booker T. Washington, so I'm in the theater cluster, and I actually have known Mara since I was like 12, doing like summer camp at the Dallas Theater Center. So I've been 
I've been in this for a while. Okay. Yeah. We're going get to get to you Mara here shortly. It's, what's Booker T. Washington for someone that may uh, not know? It is the uh, performing, art, performing and visual arts magnet in Dallas, Texas. Okay. Yeah. And how about you, Trinity? Um, I started theater my freshman year of high school. Um, and my first show was August Wilson's Joe Turner Come and Gone. And I never, I loved movies and TV shows, but I never knew about like stage acting. And then when I discovered it, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And so I've been doing that ever since. And this last season's been great. I got to do The Wiz and I was the Scarecrow. And so that's <laughs> been my favorite, my favorite role so far, yeah. If you're listening, I don't know if you're at home or in your car or at the gym, our engineer, Ty Ford, just peeked up over the, the screen when she, <laughs> she mentioned the Wiz. Ty has a lot of theater experience as well. So this, no sheer, this new show you're doing now is called Babel. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. What is that about? So it's about the biblical story, the Tower of Babel, and yeah. uh, these kind of group of people who tried to build a tower up to heaven, and God knocked it down. And there's this idea in it that they couldn't, no one could understand each other. Mm -hmm. And we can't understand each other's language on the topic of gun violence. Yeah. Yeah. So this, uh, so you're taking a religious allegory mm -hmm. and, t and uh -huh. merging it with this very divisive topic right now in the country. But yeah. I'd say there's a lot of religious talk and uh, influence yeah. in uh, different people's views on guns as well. So. Yeah. Right. Um, in doing this show, I don't know what study it was, but it it reflected that when people talk about guns or when you bring up guns in a conversation, the... The emotional part of your brain is the one that reacts versus the logical one. With yeah. a lot of other political topics, mm -hmm. it goes to ration, it goes to reason. But I mean, guns are a very emotional topic for people, and I think that's why it's an especially hard one for people to kind of get over the hump and start yeah. trying to be trying to compromise on yeah. especially when you have religion like embedded into it and so it's really hard for people to try to take away from their viewpoints and listen to others because of that well religious i think it's hold. that but i also think that you know if something happens to somebody you know with a gun that's yeah. automatically going to be an emotional thing for you for the rest of your life yeah you know? Do, you, do either of you have any personal experience with someone being injured by guns? Um, this school year, we actually lost three people to gun violence and had one girl not be able to come to graduation because she was shot the day before graduation. She lived and her baby lived, but it's definitely surrounded me in ways that I didn't necessarily pay attention to until I started doing this show and started becoming more aware. And so it kind of scared me in doing this show, realizing how normalized gun mm -hmm. violence was around me so much that I didn't really feel the emotional impact until I started delving deeper and deeper into it. Yeah. So. And uh, then one of my classmates and friends killed herself with a gun my junior year of high school. So. I'm sorry to hear that. Those are some powerful stories. And uh, you touch upon some things that a lot of people in America, I think, need to understand is that we view these topics as only being adult issues. Yeah. Yeah. But we have We're youth. obviously affected by it, yeah. yeah. And it goes with you for the rest of your life, so we should listen to what you have to say. Yeah. Which I guess brings us to Mara, <laughs> the founder of Cry Havoc Theater. What got you into this? Uh, well, I, I'm actually from Irving, Texas. I graduated Nimitz High School in 93, and then I spent a lot of time in New York and did theater there. 
And so it's a very different part of the country. And, you know, I got to see what was possible with young people, you know, in New York. And then I moved back here in 2012. And as Cara mentioned, I worked um, at the Dallas Theater Center in the education department. And sort of looking at the landscape in Dallas, um, not to knock what any what other people were doing, but it all looked the same. There was a lot of you, you can know, you can knock, Mar. <laughs> you, you can knock. I'll, I'll take the heat for that. Okay. <laughs> it's a lot of like there's a lot of Disney. There's a lot of Seussical the musical. Right. There's a lot of retelling of fairy tales. And those I those have a have seven a year old. I've been to yeah, all those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and those definitely have a place, you know, in the canon for young people. But I also realized that we're, there was just not, you know, in this community, a place where they were really given an opportunity to explore the stuff that they deal with every day, right? And then uh, to create something original. There wasn't a company that was doing that. That also, uh, most of the companies in Dallas, teenagers have to pay to be in the show. So they, you know, they pay anywhere from 350 to $700 to be in that show. And so right off the bat, I was like, we're starting something new. It's going to be, you know, their voices tackling different difficult topics, and we will do all the fundraising. They're not going to pay a dime. And then here we are. Mm -hmm. So you created this theater company mm -hmm. for youth. Yes. Tackling challenging subjects. Yeah. And they do not have to pay for that. Correct. So that, that's an admirable uh, endeavor. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk some more with Trinity, Cara, and Mara after the break. You can learn more about Cry Havoc Theater. Just go to cryhavoctheater.org. You can learn more about their upcoming shows. And you can be like me and donate to the cause. I will. Full disclosure, I have no financial or professional affiliation with Cry Havoc. I'm just a fan of their work. And I think I, you know what, I think I haven't hit you guys up this year no, yet. No, you do. Okay. <laughs> so that's a She's reminder. She's in her mailbox. She's like, Dr. Right, Brian right, right. Williams. Okay, Where okay. I got it. After the show, we'll take care of it. Anyway, stick with us. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Unmasked on I Am Royalty Radio.
Welcome back to I Am Royalty Radio. We are here today with some folks from the Cry Havoc Theater group here in Dallas, Texas. We have performers Trinity Gordon, Carl Lawson, and founder and artistic director Mar Richards Bim. These are a group of teens that tackle socially challenging issues through the performing arts. We're talking about their upcoming show, Babel, which opens July 5th at the AT&T Performing Arts Center. So your next show, Babel, you talked about mixing religion and gun violence. I'm interested to hear about your, the artistic process you go through in, in developing these shows, because you do all the script writing mm -hmm. and idea vetting. Well, to an extent, I mean, we have heavily participate in the interviews, and I'd say that most of the process, most of the time we've actually technically spent on it, has been interviewing people. And for the most part, we lead those discussions. Yeah. Um, and then we got a script back May, June, sometime in there. Uh, June 3rd. June 3rd, you know, Mara? June, yeah, something like that. Yeah, June 3rd like that. was the full. Yeah, and I mean, once we, once we get that script, we're able to say, like, I don't know if that fits. Like, let's take a look at this. Yeah. And then we also would create moment work or try to come up using different things we had on hand to, uh, I guess, make some of those monologues and those speeches more theatrical and okay, more so abstract. So yeah. for... My listener that may not have any theater experience. Okay, yeah, when you yeah, say yeah. when you say moment work, what does that mean? It's Mar, do you want to explain that? Mm. I don't. Well, I, I wanted to jump in and say that for this particular show, we it it was created all from first person interviews, and so um, and yes, they participated in that, but they also gave us feedback of what mm -hmm. portion, portions of those interviews you know they wanted to see in the show. Yeah. And so when the um, associate director and I sat down and culled it down, it was based on their input. So it wasn't like we just, you know, yeah. pulled right. it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Moment Work is based on um, Tectonic Theater Project in New York City, uh, led by Moises Kaufman. It's really just a way of taking a moment in a script and you try to theatricalize it using props, costumes, like you don't rely on the words and it's a lot of visual metaphor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just you trying to depict it in a more abstract way and yeah. we'll, we'll brainstorm and we'll do a lot of that and then the directors will come back in and try to merge that and tweak that so it fits with the story and right. we kind of just build build like that. Yeah. So, for, if you're listening, I I was interviewed by the, the group for a couple or two of their shows. So, mm -hmm. I've been on the other side. So, mm -hmm. today is a little bit of Reverse. I'm, I'm yeah. not gonna say payback because it, it was it was not like yeah. it was a, a, a difficult experience. It wasn't yeah. an onerous time for me, so I wouldn't say payback. But it's 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 enjoyable to sit on this side to talk to you because <laughs> you've changed a lot in the last two years. It's really. I'm, I mean, you have to. You have to. Well, yeah, yeah. I'd like to know how you think I've changed. Yeah. Well, it's just the maturity and the awareness. Yeah. 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 Like I was not like this at, you know, senior in high school. They're, yeah. they're both seniors in high school, yeah. by the way. If you're listening, we just graduated. Uh, yeah, just graduated. Yeah. My God, see, yeah. I wasn't like that when I was 30. <laughs> <laughs> so this is—it's impressive and it's very humbling to be in in your presence mm -hmm. and listen to you talk. So, Trinity, t talk to us through talk us through a uh, interview okay. session. So for. These interviews, the beginning of the process was a lot like shots fired where we'd go, 
we'd be in the room and then we'd invite someone to come and speak to us and we we usually have like the first couple of questions already planned to ask okay so i'm gonna apply for shots fired that was the first show you did no the, no the, it, it was the first documentary, documentary show we yeah. did the okay. first show we did was back in 2015 so yeah, it was okay. like the third show we did right third. shots fired is the third okay. fourth, fourth, fourth show, show mm-hmm. okay so i met you all on mm-hmm. shots fired which yeah. was based on the Dallas uh, police shooting that happened mm-hmm. in July of 2016. Yeah, and so for that show in the beginning of this show, it was much like, much like the same interview process. We'd invite the people in, ask them you know, some beginning questions. How do they feel about gun violence? We usually research about them. To a lot of them had, we like would ask them there for specific things. Like we yeah. interviewed Paige Flank because she had expertise on domestic violence with yeah. guns. Right. We interviewed we interviewed um, a local actor, David Jeremiah. Jeremiah, who is a convicted felon, and so now he can never own a gun. And so we have these different points and perspectives. But mm-hmm. before the interviews, we have to kind of look up or discuss the vocabulary we can use. I guess you can say, especially relating what, like to what we want to get out of them and what yeah. we spe- specifically want to learn or like use from that person and what they know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I guess I'm in a unique position because I was interviewed. So now I'm, I'm interested in hear how you prepared to interview for me. I just thought I was walking in, just gonna sit down with some kids and talk. But yeah. clearly, you clearly had me made before I arrived. Well, yeah, it was yeah. a little different with when we interviewed you this time because Mara was sure to be like, we can't talk about the same things we talked about last yeah, time. Like, have this to is stay a different show. This is a different story. We've already. We've already done that. Yeah, it's right. like topics to avoid. You want to. You don't want to stray too much from what we're trying to get. Yeah. Well, right. I think when we interviewed you this time, it was much more just to know the more phys- like physics related, like technical aspects. Yeah. Um, and with shots fired, it was much more of wanting Emotional. to hear your personal story about yeah. like a singular singular event. Right. Yeah. yeah. So just for, if you're listening, to clarify shots fired. They wanted my experience uh, dealing with the police officers that were shot in Dallas in July 2016. And that was a very personal story yeah. and difficult to share with any people I didn't know, <laughs> yeah. basically, that were sitting there. Still thank you for that, yeah. too. And then this show, I was came in sort of, some, I guess, like an, an expert on. Yeah, you were yeah. more of an expert voice on this because yeah. we wanted to know about how bullets work and how they affect bodies the body. are affected when people are shot. And, and it's yeah. really interesting because everyone else in the show, you know, they talk about the intention behind the gun or the effects afterwards after the person has already passed. We don't. We don't talk about what it does to, to a, person a person inside medically. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a, a important a perspective yeah. Yeah, for the show. So I gave you some names of some other folks that are smarter than me and have different, different uh, experiences. Did any of them get interviewed? Or? I talked with several of them on the phone. Okay. We had um, one scheduled, and he had, he had to be called in um, for surgery. And so right. was that the one from Chicago, oh, Chicago yeah. that we were never uh, able? Yeah. So, you know, I... We never were able to connect with them. And that's the unfortunate thing about, you know, we have a time limit, right? Like, and this topic is so big, we could have continued interviewing for the next six months. 
Mm-hmm. But Dude, we, yeah, for but so long. we yeah. had to end at a certain point. And we and also so have, like, working with our schedules. Like, we're obviously in school teenagers. Still. We have school. Some of us have jobs. She yeah. can't call us for, like, a, a five-day week or whatever it may be. Yeah. So a lot of these interviews happened on our Saturdays during our last semester of school. Yeah. Over spring break, um, some of us traveled to uh, Washington, D.C., to talk to senators. And then we traveled to Newtown, Connecticut, to talk to the parents of Sandy Hook and and like the effects that their parents felt and how they were, their organization Sandy Hook promised. And so it's really- and, uh, we visited the uh, NRA convention too. Yeah. We talked to a lot of people there. Yeah, you're talking Both to a couple of NRA of, members. of the convention, the protesters. Yeah, I, see I did some prep work also. Yeah. And I learned <laughs> that you, right. you, you all are members of the NRA. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, when you say it like that. <laughs> well, you know, hey, I'm, just, I, I'm not passing any judgment. I'm just, it's an important part of the story. Yeah. And I think it gives you a very unique perspective. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're going to come back to that, talk about that more in detail <laughs> okay. after the break. But I want to talk about how that actually informed your artistic process. Yeah. Because you have to see all sides of the issue, right? Yeah, so it's, that is absolutely necessary. Yeah. So I applaud you for actually doing that. <laughs> I'm interested to hear what, what you learned from that. So you were listening to Unmasked on I Am Royalty Radio. You can listen to the show online at IamRoyaltyRadio.org. You can download the app. And if you want to follow Trinity and Cara, you got, I, y'all got to be on social media, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to share that info with, with, uh, with our listener? Uh, sure. Um, you can follow me, Trinity, on Instagram at 3 trini t-r-i-n-i dot three um post a lot of uh politically aware stuff just as a fyi and pictures of my dog you don't have to give any disclaimer just so tell yeah, them to come check a, you out yeah. and learn check something out right and, right and, and educate uh, yourself you can follow me at car rose eight me c-a-r-a-r-o-s-e the number eight m-e say that one more time cara c-a-r-a R-O-S-E, the number eight. Don't, don't write out the number eight, just the number eight, <laughs> M-E. <laughs> All right, you can learn more about Cry Havoc Theater at cryhavoctheater.org. Stay with us. We'll be back after the break to learn about their trip to the NRA convention.
Welcome back to Unmasked on I Am Royalty Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Brian H. Williams. And I just got some good news from our program manager that the show actually has a set time now. So Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. Central Time, you can tune in at IamRoyalty.com or download the app. You know, we're, we're a small independent station, so we've, we've been working this out since we finally got this set. But today, we are here in the studio with some folks from cryhavoctheater.org. We are talking about their upcoming show, Babel, which mixes religious allegory with talk about gun violence. This is a teen theater group who use their social activism manifested in the performing arts. They are impressive, they are socially aware, and they will certainly get you thinking. We've got Trinity Gordon, Carl Lawson, and along with them is their founder and artistic director, Mara Richards-Bim. So before the break we left off, we were talking about your artistic um, process for developing mm -hmm. a show. Mm -hmm. You just kind of dropped in there that you were <laughs> NRA members. Well, you dropped that in there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you <Yeah>. reminded us. <laughs> yeah. Well, Trinity, t tell us why you became NRA members mm -hmm. and then what you learned from that because you went to the NRA convention which was actually here in Dallas recently. Yeah. Um, so we had to become NRA members because originally we wanted to get a booth to interview people but we couldn't get the booth and so Mara was like she emailed us one night and was like hey here's your NRA membership card. Yeah you have to be a member to go. Yeah, to yeah in, so you have to be a member to get in. So it was like yeah. And there's no age limit? Nope. No. no, no. There was we like I interviewed people who were like thirteen. Yeah, that were just walking around at in the there. pro gun rally outside of the NRA with the pro gun advocates. There was a kid who walked by me that was your daughter's age, and he had a, a handgun strapped on him, on a little case. Uh, okay. I was probably a so play yeah. gun, right? No. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that I will say real. that uh, from what I, you know, we didn't attempt to vote, but from what I understand, in order to vote within the NRA, you have to be 18, but they didn't have anything on the mm. website as I was signing each of them up. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you became members. You went mm -hmm. to the convention. Mm -hmm. Tell us what you, what you learned. And I, I think that's, I think it's important. Yeah. You, yeah. you have to look at all yeah. sides. If you're yeah, unwilling yeah. to go to what makes you uncomfortable to learn, that's how civil discourse breaks well, down. I so. don't think I realized how, and, and you know, one of my characters talk about this too, but the really, really strong connection between their faith yeah. and uh, their belief in guns and the way that they use, use that. But, um, Tell us more about that. I think it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, the, it's like the protector and they don't want to be they always say, you know, I don't want to be the sheep. I want to be the, the sheep, sheep dog. dog. Well, they use a, a part of the Bible where they, they kind of use this language that's supposed to be poetic about Jesus, about yeah. him using a sword. And so that I think it's really supposed to be interpreted as like his tongue. Yeah. Like that's his words. He's using his words as a sword. Mm -hmm. But they use that as a means to say like I can I can use violence it's it's granted by God and I, I think also like they're trying to protect this idea of America that they think is slipping away really yeah that their values are under attack their borders are under attack um, their government is under attack and the only way they can protect that is by being able to hold on to their guns yeah, yeah. I think with religion it they're so 
deeply rooted in it and that they need these guns to protect themselves. They need to protect their religion. We keep coming out with, you know, our generation is so, is so transformative where we accept things that other generations aren't so quick to accept. You know, they were at the prayer breakfast this, uh, one of the people speaking was like, you know, now we gotta call it the Scouts, it's not the Boy Scouts because they're like 63 genders. That, and so yeah, there's guy, so he many- was like, He was like, they're talking about how like, uh, masculinity is like a disease and like, yeah. you know, like the, you, the whole family structure is falling away. And the organization that funded the prayer breakfast was this group of people who would hook up um, these little boys who didn't have fathers anymore mm -hmm. with like, men role models because the idea was like you can't be a full man if you have like a single mother yeah so a lot of the theme for for them was protection you know they wanted to protect their religion protect their homes protect their families well i think it's protect the government from that they think is like not existent anymore yeah, yeah. so I, Can mara I go, yeah. go ahead I jump on in mara jump in that you know uh they're the nra they're their perspective of religion, I mean, we're talking about a part of the evangelical movement that is really rooted in, all, the, all of their language is rooted in the Old Testament, this vengeful God, and, and you know, not, it does not fall within mainstream Christianity. Um, and, I, and, and to what mm -hmm. Kara said, that that is what she found most surprising, that's also what I found most shocking and surprising was literally everything, every every event started with a prayer, and the prayer was, you know, thanking Jesus for their guns and protecting them from the crazy liberals who are coming mm -hmm. after their guns and that they are in a holy war, and thank you, God, for being on our side in this war for the, you know, for our country. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, it's a very, I mean, they believe they're in a righteous war. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. you know, most people who are gun owners, I don't think carry that, or most people who are on the right side of politics, but I think if you really boiled down when you say right side do you mean correct side or uh, right, right ideological? wing yeah Ideolo ideological but if you really boiled that down and like kind of extremified it i, I think that's at the core of yeah. where people's fears and I ideology stems from on the right, right. Yeah. so if you're listening at home gun violence to me it's, it's a personal and a professional yeah. issue it's mm -hmm. it's something i i, I as in my, as a trauma surgeon I've seen more injuries and death from guns than I can recount. Yeah. Uh, so it's per personal and professional for me, but I also have a large circle of you know, professional contacts and friends that deal with gun violence. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're gonna talk about this issue in uh, future shows. And I have people from lined up from all different, different viewpoints because that's who I interact with. And it's important to me to have on this show yeah. to have these discussions. You know, like we said, with no filters, no boundaries, yeah. and no fears. So even the folks that uh, give me pause and make me <laughs> shake my head, we're, I, I've got them already lined up. So uh, yeah. tune in in the future. There, there's, there's more to come. I, I want to learn myself as well. But that was your experience at the convention. Mm -hmm. And tell me, how do you bring that into your process for developing the play? Yeah, I mean, I think we use that in the, uh, I mean, directly there are, like passages of people's interviews that discuss yeah. the exact things we're talking about in there and uh, we also try to uh, depict 
the NRA members and our yeah. movement sequences. And then I don't know if this is giving away too much, but do you want to talk about like how our experience was like interviewing people on the floor? Uh, yeah. I think you should. So, <laughs> yeah. And so at the NRA convention, you know, I really, for me, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like the outlier in the group. Sometimes I plays. Sometimes I play the devil's advocate. Sometimes she would be taking you know? out the AR-15s and like checking them out and like, was, like asking prices. And I was like, oh. <laughs> because I'm really trying to like indulge and try to figure out, you know, how these people think and and how they go about things. But you and so sometimes doing a gun one day though, I really did because it was this really nice little small one. It fit really nice in my hand, and I was like, this is a nice little. But any members of your immediate? Do you have guns in your homes? No, no, no. no. Yeah, no. And I, I'm one of the only people in the cast that haven't actually shot a gun. But during the course of some interviews that me and Kara had, we noticed that in interviewing people, I would ask a question, and they would direct the answer towards Kara. And so people, no matter which one of us, asked no the matter question, which one of us asked like the question, it's Trinity like, wasn't there. so why do you think? Why do you think that is? I mean, because I'm a black woman at the NRA convention, and we're already teenagers, so it's already almost a shutoff because of what happened at Parkland. So they think that we're all against them. And this didn't just happen with Trinity. This happened yeah, with this pretty much every a lot of, member of the company. Yeah, so a lot of people point. were were a little discouraged to talk to us and a little, like, removed, mm -hmm. but... That still didn't, I'm the type of person that you can like push me and I'm still going to jump right back in your face. Right. Yeah. And so I still just kept going. The first day though, I call it the devil's pit when we saw the little Cheeto man Trump and LaPierre and Cornyn. And Wayne, Wayne LaPierre is the head of the NRA president. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Just Right. Yeah. And so when we saw them and being in that little center i felt like i was at like a kkk rally and just like when the they energy chanting, when they all started chanting i was like sitting next to kara and what mara was what was the chance mara was it was it there was a lot of usa yeah it was like usa, USA and i was just sitting there and i was like oh my god i was <laughs> like this yeah. is crazy like it felt like have you ever seen django yes okay the scene where they were the KKK members on the horse, and they were trying to figure Just so out. If you, if you haven't seen, talk about Django Unchanged. Yes. This was a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yes. From about and four or five years ago, won the yeah. Academy Award for Best Picture, I think it was. Yeah. Critically acclaimed. But if you know Quentin Tarantino's work, you can imagine yeah. the subject matter. And so there was, there were these people, these white men. They were on the, their horses with the KKK mask, but it didn't have the point. And so they couldn't see. And so they were like, I can't see. And they're like, I can't see. You're like, it don't matter if you can't see. The horses can see. And that, I just kept thinking about that. Because even though the people couldn't see, it didn't matter because they were looking through the eyes of the leaders of the, of the NRA. And right. I was like, these people are blinded by all of these lights and stuff. Yeah. And I'm just I like, mean, you know, it was I, scary. I yeah. Also yeah. Really, really so terrifying. much fear. Because right. you get, I think... For a lot of people, I, I don't think all the NRA members are as extreme as the leadership. Yeah, and no. they might enter the NRA just because they really like to hunt and they really like to this and that. But mm -hmm. when they you, but then when you allow yourself to become subjected to what I think is really propaganda, you, yeah. can, you can discredit a lot of what they're actually saying. Yeah. Right. You know, when you continue to expose yourself to that, that's going to affect the way you think. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think 
important. We're hearing some very important perspectives from people that just graduated from high school. Yeah. And we should also mention that this is a multi-ethnic, multi-racial yeah. theater troupe. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, Trinity is African-American, Kara is Caucasian, Mara is Caucasian. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about the very different experience they had yeah. at this convention. Definitely. So your, your feeling is that you were treated yeah. differently be purely because of the color of your skin. Yeah. yeah. You want to tell about the, the line? And well, we'll the talk some more. We'll, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll take a quick yeah. break and we'll, okay. we'll, we'll get, get back to that. So you're listening to uh, Unmasked. I'm Dr. Brian H. Williams. We are on I Am Royalty Radio. You can stream us online at IamRoyaltyRadio.com. You can learn more about Cry Havoc Theater at cryhavoctheater.org. Their show, Babel, opens on July 5th at the AT&T Performing Arts Center. Stick with us. We'll be back after a break.
Welcome back to Unmasked on I Am Royalty Radio. We are in the studio today with Trinity Gordon and Carl Lawson, two recent high school graduates who perform in the Cry Havoc Theater Company based in Dallas, Texas. And also we have Mar Richards-Bim, who is the founder and artistic director for Cry Havoc Theater. You can learn more about them at cryhavoctheater.org. They have a new show coming out called Babel. It starts July 5th and runs through the 15th at the AT&T Performing Arts Center. So go to that website, check it out. And even if you can't make the show, I'm sure they'd be happy if you were willing to donate to the cause. You want to support the arts, support teens that are doing something for society, go ahead and make a donation. And I have no financial or professional affiliation. I gain nothing from this except supporting a cause that I believe in. So before the break, we were talking about your trip to the NRA to inform your artistic process for this upcoming show. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that you interview people from all walks of life, all different viewpoints mm -hmm. to make the show, which I think is admirable. Mm -hmm. And I've seen what you've done in the past, mm -hmm. and it's even made me think, even with my own biases and experiences, <laughs> I've left your shows thinking, man, I never thought about it that way. It just, just <laughs> opened my eyes a little bit. So if you get a chance to go to the show, be prepared to uh, have your thinking challenged, but also be prepared to just have it see a very good show. Mm -hmm. So let's move on to, you know, we've, the show's coming up. I want to learn more about your, your background. So mm -hmm. talk about your families, where you grew up, and when you just graduated high school, what's the next step for you? Yeah, so okay. Trinity. Um, I'm originally born in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I was raised in Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Go Green Bay. Um, moved to Texas about eight years ago. It's like my whole life story. Um, <laughs> and just graduated from Skyline High School in Dallas, Texas. And now my next step is to go to college in Chicago at Columbia College. And so gonna major in theater and try to start my own nonprofit organization one day. And so. Yes, start your own thing. Like yeah. you need to yeah. own it, run it, direct it. That, that, that's good. And is Skyline a performing arts school? Um, no, it is a magnet school, but I was a hardship kid because I'm too indecisive. They didn't have a performing arts segment, but uh, we did theater there and a uh, very successful theater program there. So did a lot of that. And how did you learn to cry havoc? I learned about cry havoc two days before the first audition ever uh, my theater teacher my second theater teacher she was like hey I just got this email it's on Saturday even though today's Thursday so maybe you could just go and they'll let you read something off of paper and I was like what no I have to figure something out and so I memorized this monologue about snake handling and it was this country girl and I watched Hollywood hillbillies for like two days straight trying to get the accent and had a terrible audition and got the part. But it worked out for you, right? Yep. Sometimes it's just about <laughs> attitude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Cara, how about you? Yeah, uh, I was born and raised in Dallas, Texas, and my family's been in Dallas, Texas since before it was Dallas, Texas. <laughs> and uh, I just graduated Booker T. Washington High School of the Performing Visual Arts, and I'll be attending uh, USC next year. You'd be majoring in theater as yes, well? Yes, I'm going to be majoring in theater with an emphasis in acting. And then I'm getting a minor in political science. Mm -hmm. how, did, how does your family feel about these challenging topics you guys tackle? Does it, I'm sure it must lead to interesting discussions yeah. at dinner? 
<laughs> um, you know, I don't really like my family's like really chill. I think we're usually on the same page about how we feel about most things. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't really talked with them. I don't talk to my parents about my artistic endeavors. Like sometimes they don't know I have a show until two days before. Or my dad will see it somewhere, and he'll be like, "When's the show open?" I'm like, "I don't know. Like, why would I know that?" So, uh, but you yeah. do, but you do know, right? <laughs> I well, Mara tells me all the time, but like, yeah, a lot of times at school, it's like somebody will ask me when the show I'm in opens, and I'll have no idea. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> because you've been doing it so long, yeah, just yeah. like I, I know it's even... coming, but I just don't know. Yeah. When? Yeah. R- right. <laughs> For my family, uh, we talk about a lot of like what I do. I keep like open communication I know my mom gets tired of that because I'm always talking to her about something and you know they support what I do which is surprising because you know it's hard being a, a theater arts kid and saying I'm gonna major in theater and they're gonna be like you're a major in theater but they've been really supportive about it and so yeah I mean yeah. I think we talk about politics and things like that when like my whole family like when the uncles and the aunts come over but um, yeah, they've always been really supportive of whatever I want to do, and I think that's mainly because neither of them really did what they want to do. So they were like, yeah. "You just do, you do right. you, give right. me yeah. a chance." How about within the theater group amongst the? I'm guessing there's a diverse um, degree of ideologies and thought there. Yes. I, I hope so. That would probably really inform the artistic process. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, to be really honest, most of us are liberal. Mm-hmm. Most of us are like left leaning, but. I would I, say there's some center. There's some centered. And, and to center right depending on the issue. Yeah. Sure. For yeah. me, Kara likes to say I definitely have like a little a little a little more Republican than she does sometimes on certain issues. I try not to limit myself to just give us an example of one issue so we have an idea what you're talking about. Ooh. I'm just, a, just 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 pick out one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. On taxes, I'm kind of Republican on taxes, but I'm still, I'm still young. And so it's like this one, this, <laughs> I know, I know. One of my teachers told me, if you're not a liberal by 20, Jenny, you, you don't have a heart. If you're not a conservative by 40, you don't have a brain. Oh. And so. You know what, you know, my human geography teacher talked about that too, how usually when people become older, they sometimes start leaning more towards the right. But my folks are pretty old for being folks and they're all liberal. Well, they're all very liberal. I don't know if you would want to be like a claimed Republican now today. All right. Well, our political okay. that political show that's a different show altogether. Yeah, that's a whole. Today we're, yeah. today we're talking about Babel, which opens on July <laughs> July fifth. So, Samara, how do you feel about your your group of talented performers here? Because you I left mean, corporate America, right? Uh, no, I worked in uh, I always worked in theater, but I. Um, you know, for my day job, I, I was in fundraising, and okay. then I, I decided to sort of go back to my roots and work with teens, and okay. s- specifically to do sort of theater that's uh, rooted in activism. Um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really proud and humbled that, I mean, we've, this is our fourth season, and, you know, to be getting the kind of attention, and, you know, KERA traveled with us to Newtown and to Washington, D.C. to cover us. I mean, that doesn't <laughs> KERA is the local NPR station for yeah, listening. Yeah, and so um, it's really, I'm just, and I'm really just proud of them. I mean, they give up a lot of time and energy to, the teens do, to be a part of this. And, and you know, without them, you know, we wouldn't, it would just be me, and then nobody would come. Right. So it's, I'm humbled and grateful and, and just really excited um, to see Babel land on the, on the stage. 
for cryhavoctheater.org. You've traveled to DC, traveled to Newtown. You've met people from all over the country, from all different walks of life, all different perspectives. Like you are going to be ambassadors, not just about gun, gun yeah. violence, but just society in general going forward. And I look forward to following your journeys. And I'm not on Instagram, but you want to talk, go ahead, give your Instagram <laughs> handle again, Trinity. Okay. It's three dot Trini, T-R-I-N-I dot three. You can follow me and see what I'm up to. And Cara. my Instagram handle is at Cara Rose 8 me That's C-A-R-A-R-O-S-E-8-M-E. Mara, do you want to share one? Sure. Uh, so the website, as Dr. Williams said, Cry Havoc Theater, and that's spelled T-H-E-A-T-E-R dot org. Um, and our handles on all of the social media are at C-R-Y-H-A-V-O-C-T-H-E-A-T-E-R. And the name Cry Havoc. There has to be a story behind that. There is. Do you want to mm -hmm. do it's it? It's taken from Shakespeare's Julius Caesar. Um, there's a moment when Caesar has been killed by the Senate, and um, there is this summoning of vengeance on behalf of Caesar. And when I set, you know, when I set out to create this company in Dallas, like I said, there wasn't a lot of interesting work happening, and I wanted to wreak havoc in Dallas. And so Cry Havoc seemed nice. an appropriate name. Nice. So as we close out today, Trinity and Carr, mm -hmm. can you share with us a bit of advice you've received that's been memorable to you in your 18 years of life that you want to share with our listener? Um, for me, the best piece of advice I've ever gotten, which reminds me like why I like to do what I do, it's actually a quote um, by Van Gogh, if I'm not mistaken. I know that's really random. But the quote is, art is to console those who've been broken by life. And so in doing shows like Babel and Shots Fired, you know, we use this art to, to help con console people who've been impacted by these things. And so it helps keep a reminder of why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. oh, thank you, that's good. Cara? Yeah. Um, I think that one of the biggest things I've learned in my life is just to shut the F up. Mm -hmm. Like you just got, like I love to talk. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you told me not to curse, but like, yeah, I mean like I love to talk, but the reason people don't listen to each other is because we're all like talking over each other. Mm -hmm. And you know, growing up, I was around different circles of people from like very different socioeconomic levels and backgrounds and I think that made me realize how difficult it is to understand where another person's actually coming from if you don't experience that. Right. The same way that people have a hard time making environmental changes because that's something that's happening all the way over there. In, even if you know the facts, it's hard for you to act on that, but sometimes you gotta make yourself act on the facts. Good. So, yeah. Trinity Gordon, Carl Lawson, Mara Richards Bim from Cry Havoc Theater. Thank you very much for spending time with us today at I Am Royalty Radio. You've been listening to Unmasked. I'm your host, Dr. Brian H. Williams. If you get a chance and you're in Dallas, go see Babel. You will be educated, inspired, moved, and impressed. This is a very talented group. And again, I have no financial 
our <laughs> professional <laughs> affiliation. But if you can't make the show, I'm sure they'd be happy if you would make a donation to the cause. You'll be supporting teens that are changing the world through the arts. You can follow the show at IamRoyalty.org. You can follow me at my website, BrianWilliamsMD.com, or on Twitter at BHWilliamsMD. Want to give a shout out to Mr. Ty Ford. Thank you. He's in the studio today running the board for us. You can check out his show on Tuesdays, 8 p.m., 8 to 10 Central Time. You still on hiatus, Ty? So he's still on hiatus, but you, you can still uh, he's still you can still listen to the show. So go ahead and tune into that. And uh, Ty also has some theater experience, so uh, uh, hopefully he enjoyed the show today. Thank you very much for tuning in. We appreciate it. You've been listening to Unmasked on I Am Royalty Radio.